This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. Uh, we've got Demetrius Minor, an exceptional and tremendous man of God, and uh, my understanding, also a, a phenomenal singer. Um, very excited about uh, about this episode and, and the conversation. Uh, uh, Brother Minor, why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself and uh, your ministry and where you are right now? Well, Brandon, I, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come on your show. Uh, I do need to make a correction. I do not sing. Um, so I don't, I want people to come to the church, not leave them. <laughs> but I don't want to put your, your listeners under any false pretenses here. Um, but I am glad to be on the show. Um, my wife and I reside in Tampa, Florida, where we do ministry at Tampa Life Church under the leadership of Pastor Robert Tisdale. I've been involved in ministry um, for over 20 years pretty much the majority of my life that's, that, that that has varied from youth ministry, student ministry, administrative assistance to evangelizing from time to time. And uh, the Lord has been faithful, also worked in the area of politics and public policy, and just very thankful for God's faithfulness over Amen. So, uh, when we were discussing um, about what we might talk about, um, the uh, the original topic, um, and all my listeners know that that's always open for change throughout the conversation, and we just we just obey the Lord and we go wherever the Lord leads, and uh, because someone's moment right now could hinge on what we say in this episode and it could be timely and necessary uh you know to be a a uh a life-changing moment uh for something that we say or you know that could transform their thinking there or even their life uh, so originally we had talked about doing um the book of acts in the 21st century, what that looks like, what that what that means, um, the fruit of that. So so let's just uh, let's go into that a little a little bit deeper and and uh, share your thoughts with us. I reflect back <clears throat> to when COVID nineteen started to make waves across the United States, not just the United States, worldwide. And government officials started to issue lockdowns and and quarantine mandates. And it it took the church outside of its comfort level. It it, it took the church away from the ordinary, which the ordinary was dangerous about the ordinary, was that it could become ritual. Mm. It could become... It can become predictable. And I have many thoughts about lockdowns and quarantines, but the one thing that was very fruitful 
that came out of that was that it forced the church to be unconventional. It, 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 for, it forced the church to be creative in its messaging and to take the, the gospel outside the four walls of the church. And we're still doing that, even though things have somewhat returned back to a level of normalcy. The church has become creative in its digital work, live stream, and much of that is due to being forced to have an online presence when you're not able to assemble yourselves physically. But if you look at the book of Acts, it wasn't just congregating uh, to a particular infrastructure. Right. But they they went to house to house on a daily basis. The breaking of bread and a fellowship. And I know the breaking of bread really appeals to but I believe that is the model that we are to replicate if we are to see multiplication in our churches there's plenty of templates out there that talks about church growth but I think the book of Acts is the perfect template it is the perfect model And I think Christ used a pandemic. He got glory out of it. He redeemed it in order for the church to be more closer to a biblical model Mm. than to a model. And I'm hoping that is something that we took seriously, that we learned from, that we can grow from, and that we can continue I would agree with that. And it's not even just that, you know, it, 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 it changed, it changed our perspective, you know, um, me personally, you know, during the pan, during the pandemic, um, we, we still went to church, my family, my wife, um, all of the ministry team at my church, we were still at church having uh, live streamed um, church services. Um, you know, we were still occasionally meeting at people's houses and, and things like that and having sort of Bible studies. Uh, but it, the, the bigger picture is, is the reach that our church had access to um, and I shared with uh, Brother Miner before we started recording um, our live stream, we were getting like 1,200 to 1,500 views, you know, on videos that now uh, we're only getting 100, maybe 200 max uh, views on a particular video um, or church service that we live streamed. And I some of that might be that um, you know, things have calmed down and we're back into this sort of gather together and obviously gathering together is important because the body of Christ requires connection, um, for it, 
you know, for the fingers and, and the body and, and your literal human body to, to function correctly, there has to be a flow, there has to be a connection, and, uh, you know, there has to be a head, and obviously the head of the church is Christ, and we know that. Um, but at some point, the focus is more about, or was more about convenience, and as you mentioned, conventional. And that pandemic broke that down, I think, for a lot of folks. And so, honestly, what I would like to see is is an effect of... So, the Bible says, you know, as the day approaches, you should gather together all the more. So, if we're supposed to gather together more... You know, and then you have some churches that only they're gathering together less and saying you need to have family time instead of, you know, expanding that, having more church functions, not necessarily church services, but church functions where you're gathering together, where you're worshiping God, where you're spending time in prayer, where you're connecting with, with God and with each other. And keeping right. Jesus at the center. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, the Bible talks about the added daily. Mm. Thinking about the word daily. And <clears throat> through the pandemic, through COVID, and you just alluded to it. You, you had more people tuning in digitally. So you began to see an exponential increase in the viewership compared to if you are having just regular Sunday service via in person. And <clears throat> I, I was thinking of during the lockdowns, we, we were having people <clears throat> get baptized and there were no services going on. And the Lord was trying to tell us, I don't need a set agenda. Mm. I don't need a set schedule for me to be God. I just need the church to be willing to get outside of its comfort zone. In Jonah chapter 4, it's pretty revealing. So we know the story. God calls Jonah to go to, to Nineveh. And Jonah says, no way, Jose, I'm not going to Nineveh. And he gets swallowed up by a big fish. He's got three days to think about his decisions. <laughs> and the esophagus of a fish. And we know the story. Big fish vomits Jonah out. Uh, but what's very interesting about that is that Jonah, he's somewhere in a very humid place. And the Bible says that the Lord provided a gourd or a leafy plant to give Jonah shape while he napped in the central world. Jonah wakes up from his nap and the plant is gone. And Jonah becomes 
experience. Like, to the point where he tells God, you know what? I might as well just die. I might as well just die. This isn't working. And God rebuked Jonah. He says, Jonah, you're more upset over a plant, over shade that you don't deserve. And one translation says that God says there's literally people in Nineveh that don't know their left from their right. And you're more concerned about a plant. And I thought about that, how initially we lamented the fact that we couldn't assemble together corporately. We lamented the fact that we're quarantined to our homes. And yet there's people in Tampa, there's people in Maine, where you're located, wherever your listeners are in in their particular region, there are people there that don't know their left from their right, who have not heard the gospel, who have not heard the truth, and let's be frank, are dying and going to hell. And we're complaining about a quarantine or a lockdown. It really makes you think about the brevity of the problem. And it forces you to think about eternity. Because when you're going through the motion, when you're going through the mundane, when when you're even when you're doing ministry, it can become ritualistic. It can, it can become predictable. So we're just going through the motions, forgetting the fact that people are going to spend eternity in one or two places. And just as that message was being conveyed to Jonah. God is trying to convey that same message to us today. Wow. I like the way you put that because really and 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 we could even draw current um world situations and bring that into this same sort of uh, a frame of thinking is that yes there's there's a lot of these issues that are that are happening um i just had a conversation with a friend and what he said really really struck me he was talking about how you know we treat each other can affect how the glory of God is revealed in one situation or in one church service or even in one um, uh, Jesus uh, crusade or, or whatever it is. And so when, we, when we're looking at how we're responding to world events or political events or anything else that's going on in the world, we should be careful and and choose our words wisely. It's very true. Because there's going to be a day, first of all, that every idle word will be judged. So God's going to open up a book at the white throne judgment. He's going to, and it's going to say, the book of Brandon's words. <laughs> what am I going to say when it, when it comes up to, well, um, 
So when the United States was uh, having this issue in the Supreme Court about abortion, and you went way out in left field and, you know, called all the people that, you know, ever, you know, had that, or beyond redemption, or whatever it is that people do. I mean, I have seen some 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 crude things said and, and done, um, you know, outside of like abortion clinics. And again, obviously, I believe in in the the sanctity of life, and that's every life. So that's from the young, uh, from from the conceived, if you will, actually, to the elderly. There is there is a sanctity of life that. We as Christians have a responsibility to fight for and to uphold. But there's a way to do that in truth and love and not hate. Right. So God's not an American. I mean, we know that. But if we're honest about ourselves, we really expect God to act and conduct himself according to what we're not seeing. But, but here's here's the truth of the matter, Brandon. Like you just said, we're going to be judged according to our words and our actions. There's not going to be the U.S. Constitution in heaven. There's not going to be the American flag in heaven. You're not going to have the Declaration of Independence being read by, by Peter. And so this culture that you and I are entrenched in, we, we, we see everything through the lens of an American or, or through Western culture. That, that's, but that's not how God conducts himself. And we have to realize, okay, so we believe in the sanctity of human life, as we should. But what about the woman who just had an abortion who wants to come to our church but she sees our face but she sees a Facebook post and she's like oh that's how they really feel about wow what what about the immigrant that's in the United States illegally and she sees Mm. the posture of some Christians towards immigrants or towards the immigration system And she says, oh, my goodness, my child goes to that Sunday school class. I I live in the same neighborhood as that person with that aggressive Facebook page and demeanor against immigrants. Like, is is it really worth sacrificing our witness to make a political statement? And these are things that I have to learn. Okay, great. Your candidate won an election, but you may have potentially lost the soul. Which one which one has more importance? And that's why Christ said that his kingdom is not of this world. Terry Shock says it best. We're all serving a kingdom, it's just a matter of foods. And so when we become one of one of my frequent prayers is that I'll be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Because if I'm not spirit-led, then my flesh is going to want to do the most politically correct thing or 
lash out with his current events. But it's the Spirit of God that's trying to remind us that he's come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so his heartbeat must become our heartbeat. His focus must become our focus. And therefore, his mission must become our mission. And um, I, I think, when we look, again, when we look through the lens of eternity, nothing else really matters. And when we look through the lens of eternity, that brings us back to that New Testament model of, of church and that New Testament model of, of how we you know interact with people i mean think about this on the day of pentecost uh they they said all oh, these men must be drunk <laughs> and and <laughs> it's and it's it's interesting because peter's the one that gets up and and says oh well you know just it seems like so gracefully he says oh no these men are not drunk as you suppose yeah you know See, it's power to dance yeah. If, it, imagine in your local church, um, imagine someone comes up and says, all these people are drunk. How, how do you respond to that? How, you know, and it's so, how do you respond to attacks from people that don't know the truth? Here's, right. here's the thing. The Bible says that the ruler of the world or king of the world, I think it's ruler, of this world has blinded the eyes of yeah. of you know people to the knowledge of the glory of God, which would be the prince of the air, absolutely. And so they're blinded. But yeah. what what helps blindness? Yeah, light. Light. If it's dark out, yeah. How do you see? Light. Who's the light? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I was I was on a work call and we were discussing the recent events, the shooting. There were two shootings uh, that happened in Buffalo um, that was racially motivated. And then there was a shooting that happened in, at a church in Laguna, California. And I was on a work call in Brandon. It was a reminder to me how many people don't know Jesus. One of my co-workers was very transparent and honest. She says, I don't feel safe. She says, it's almost to the point of paranoia. I'm always watching my back. Seth feel hopeless. And it's a reflection of the fact that she has not yet experienced the transformational power of Jesus Christ. And I was reminded that in scripture it tells us that perfect love Casts out yes. all fear. How 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 is she going to experience that that perfect love? Well, that perfect love ultimately comes towards Jesus Christ. But how how does she experience Jesus Christ? Well, 
the closest thing to Jesus Christ is his church, which is you and I. And we are called to exhibit that love of Jesus Christ. And so if, if I'm more concerned about making political points and being divisive, she's, she's just going to remain in fear. I, I, I'm going to fail in being that conduit that can connect her to the perfect love of Christ. And that's something I don't want to do. So we do live in a world where people fear. They don't feel, they don't feel safe. Um, they succumb to what the government has told them about COVID, disease, the list goes on and on and on. And people need hope. People need faith. People need Jesus Christ. And what is that outlet that's going to connect them to them? It's the church. Always has been. Hmm. That couldn't be any more true, uh, brother. I find a lot of times it's it's easier just to speak your mind and to let carnality take over. Um, one of the biggest things about you know, the way that apostolic Pentecostals worship is we worship so in spirit and in truth. And so because yes. we worship in spirit and in truth, what happens is there's so much sp spiritual things taking place. You know, we have this feel good moment and, and we feel, you know, uh, the, the anointing and we feel the power and, and the glory of God. And why is it, consider this for a second, why is it that you could leave a Holy Ghost move of God, a powerful move of God, go home and have an argument on the way home with your wife? Because somewhere, because it's so spiritual that the something something changed, right? And we didn't recognize it, right? Right. And this is what happens: we get so comfortable with 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 feeling what we feel, we 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 miss that recognition of whoa, wait a second, I've got to check my spirit. I've got to check myself because something's going on here. And that's where discernment comes in. Because no matter what's going on, we've got to be able to check ourselves, what we're going to say, how we're going to react. Because there are people's, people's salvation is hinging on the way that we live our lives. You know, you, when you use the term, speak your mind, that, that's... That's what culture tells them. Of course, being being born again is taking the position of being counterculture. So culture tells us, well, just speak your mind. Well, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that our minds should be renewed because the Lord knows that within our humanity, we are privy 
to fear. We're privy to thoughts that are not of God, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of despair, thoughts of anger, thoughts of lust. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on of what our flesh is exposed to. So no, we can't just speak our mind. <laughs> James tells us that the tongue is the most unruly mm. part of the body. No man, no man can tame it. So we, 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 one of the things I pray, Lord, be my spokesperson. Let, let the words that I speak, let it be a reflection of you. Because if Demetrius says what Demetrius wants to say, it's going to be carnal. It's going to be fleshly. And it's not going to be impactful. So I, so whatever culture, whatever posture that culture tells us we should have, as men and women of God, we should have the opposite. One of the things that really makes me cringe is this, this phrase, speak your truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one truth. And anything opposite of that is a lie. So we can't embrace ourselves with this new age teaching of what truth is. If we, if we want to know what truth is, we go to the word of God. And if we want to know how to talk to one another, we go to the word of God. If we, if for whatever issue of life, Brandon, that you and I are faced with on a daily basis, the word of God has an answer, has a solution. Has a, the, the word of God is the remedy for whatever problems, for whatever heartache, for whatever despair that we're facing. It's all in the word of God. Amen. <clears throat> Not only is it our roadmap, yeah. it's it's our instruction manual, the words to live by. It'll lift us up when we're down <laughs> and it'll cast us down when we lift ourselves up. <laughs> Praise God, and it'll 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 lead us into all knowledge and truth it's a, it's and it'll help us be the lights we need to be to truly be the book of acts church in the 21st century as we're coming to a close i wonder if you feel something to share with our listeners if they don't hear anything else, and this is all they hear, what is one thing you want our listeners to walk away from this episode with? The Lord has made each and every one of us unique. Our giftings, our emotions, our personalities, our interests. Within the creation of everything that consist of everything that's consist of who we are. It is to bring him glory. It is to bring him honor. 
everyone who is listening, you have a purpose. You have a reason for existence. Don't get caught up in the culture of comparison. My ministry is going to look very different than Brandon Crooker from Maine. But you know what? It's all going to come together to give God glory. My pathways in life is going to be different from yours, Brandon. But ultimately, it's to lead people to Christ and it's to bring unity to the body of Christ. So, to the listener who is trying to find their footing in their pathway in these unconventional times that we're living in, I just want to encourage them. Their identity is in Christ Jesus. That he has called them. And within that calling, he will equip them to be the man and woman that they need to be. The Bible says... Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But just focus on today. Just focus on today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So I just want to speak life. I want to speak hope. I want to speak faith. I want to speak restoration for those who think that one bad mistake or Maybe they've taken a detour on their path to the promised land. I speak restoration. You can still be used of God in a mighty way. And maybe God has implanted some promises within you that have not yet blossomed. Don't fret. Don't worry. Trust the process. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't try to do it on your own. But if he's called you to do something, that calling will come to fruition. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you what it's going to look like. But I can tell you that it's going to come to pass. And in these last and evil days that you and I are in, it's... Uh Uh-oh. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.